I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In today's episode, Shell shares her personal story as a career-driven mama and all the lessons she's learned on her adventure so far. She also chucks her HR hat on and explains how the rules of parental leave work. Welcome to My Millennial Career. I'm Shell. I'm a HR professional. And I'm Emily, and I'm a recruitment and customer experience expert with Forsyth's Recruitment and HR. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. This one today is a little bit different. We are actually, uh, I'm going to go into interview mode somewhat, where it's a place I'm pretty comfortable. And I'm going to turn this on to Shell to tell us a bit of a story that she has about parental leave. So, Shelly, you ready for this? Yeah, 100%. Okay, awesome. So I know uh, that this is a topic that's very, very dear to you. It's something that has been quite the adventure for you over recent years, you and your family. And I can't wait to just explore that with you. I think we've had a lot of feedback from people who, uh, it is an adventure. They are challenged by it. It's worth it from what I hear. I'm, (laughs) I'm not a parent. Uh, but at the same time, it's very complex, particularly when you're navigating your career. And, and maybe you are a parent who is quite career driven as well. So I think today we're going to explore some of the what do you do beforehand? What do you do during? And then maybe also what do you do when you return to work? Yeah, all those different stages. And you're right, it definitely is an adventure. It's pretty wild at times having um, a baby and navigating all those processes of employment and career and sleepless nights. But it is something that I'm really passionate about, Em, in terms of what that looks like when you're merging those worlds of family, work and all those things. So keen to unpack that today. Okay. So to set the scene for us, just to begin, Shell, do you mind talking us through what your world looks like? Maybe a little bit of crossover between who are you at work? What does family look like for you? Just set the scene for us. Yeah, sweet. So I've been in my role for about three years. I was working um, as a HR manager and then I became pregnant with my daughter, Sunny. And I've always been quite a a passionate person about uh, my career and driven in that space. And so when I was pregnant, it was a bit of a process of working out, okay, well, what does this new world look like and what will it mean for me, for our family and for work as well, because I care obviously quite deeply about my team and about them achieving what they need to achieve as well. Okay. So now that we understand sort of your, how your work and family uh, exists for you, tell us a little bit about your story and just start to open that up for us. Yeah. And I think the key thing when it comes to parental leave is it's every person's story is unique. Every family is unique and in that way, this is just my story. It's kind of how I navigated it. And some of it was confusing at times for me and other times was a real win and great opportunity. 
I think I just kind of fumbled my way along <laughs> as well. And so I'll just use that as a bit of a caveat. And for each person, be it mum or dad, they have to find that right path for them as they navigate. What is having time off when you have a new baby look like in relation to trying to pursue your career and how do you merge those two things and do it well and uh, for me it was a bit of trial and error and I think eventually like I've I've got it down a little bit more now where I know kind of how to navigate all those complexities to an extent but I will say my daughter she's only three or nearly three now And so still obviously figuring out she's very little and I only have one at this stage. So definitely learning all the time. And did you, what you've just shared with us, you're very articulate in explaining it's everyone has their own story. You had to learn a few things along the way. And I think we'll, we'll hear more about what you've learned throughout the next little while. Did you know that that was all going to happen? Did you expect it to play out the way that it did or, or has this, is this wisdom with hindsight? Uh, definitely wisdom with hindsight. And it was so funny. I think when I was pregnant, I had this assumption hilariously now, when I look back on it, that I would, um, I'm not probably the most maternal person. I've never seen myself as like in, in that way necessarily. And so I thought that as soon as I had Sunny and she was, she was born, that that would just click into gear for me. And that perhaps I would finish my, uh, parental leave and and never want to go back to work because something would have magically changed in my psyche Mm. but that didn't happen at all I was I I was actually I it probably sounds really hilarious but I was really surprised at how obviously your world completely changes when you have a baby and I recognize that and it was amazing meeting Sunny for the when she was first born and and doing that journey but me as a person what I was passionate about what I was what I found energizing, that didn't actually fundamentally change. And so for me, work is something that I've always been passionate about. I love doing a good job and I love being challenged intellectually and all those different things. And so overnight, I didn't have this kind of full change of who I was, which maybe that's Mm. what I was expecting. And so that was probably a bit of a shock for me. And then doing that whole process of what does it look like going back to work? How do I do both being a mum really well and wanting to be fully invested in my family and then also wanting to make sure my boss was still happy with how things were going at work and that I was able to do both things well. And so that probably was one of the biggest learning curves for me when it comes to having a baby. Well, you've still got the same amount of hours in the day and days in the week. So Continue that your story for us, if you don't mind. What started to happen as you were thinking about that transition back to work? When did you go back? What did that look like? What were you considering? Yeah, so I went back to work when Sunny was about five months old I, and I did a six-month staged transition back to work. So I started back when Sunny, uh, when Sunny was five months, I was doing three days a week and then I slowly kind of progressed up to full-time by the time she was 12 months And there was two reasons, I suppose, I went back when I did. The first and the primary reason was that I really loved working and I was really energised by that and I missed some of that social part of work, but I also missed the challenge that comes from working. And then the second one was financial. So my husband and I both work full time, uh, but I'm as as the primary income, the main income earner in my family, there was a financial reason that we decided to go back when we did. 
And we did make that decision together for our family. And so it was the combination of both enjoying and loving being at work. And I felt like I was a better mum for the days that I was at work because when I was at work, I was fully engaged and challenged. But then when I was at home, I was also quite engaged and challenged um, and stretched in my role as a mum. You're making it sound easy. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I'm obviously not communicating it well enough. No, I think, I think, what's, uh, I think it's that wisdom with hindsight where you're making it sound like you made these really rational decisions so easily and you had this reason and you had that other reason. But I think something does tell me, uh, maybe it's common sense, having not been through it myself, but having heard lots of stories each in their own right, that it's not necessarily as easy as you're making it sound. Yeah, it, it definitely isn't an easy process. There was days where I thought, what the heck am I doing? And uh, some days where you would get to work and I, I know so many parents feel like this and I've only got one, I still call her a baby, but she's definitely <laughs> a little girl. But for if you've got like multiple children, you get to work and you've already feel like you've run a marathon mm. and it's only 8.30. Yep. <laughs> and so there's those things that are just hard work and different kinds of challenging because I know for me, those days where I was at home, particularly when Sunny was little, I found them far more challenging than working because it's a different type of challenge. And uh, that was where I had to find out what's right for me. And what's right for me is not what's right for the next person. It's because of my unique makeup and who I am and my personality. These are the things that make me feel healthy and well. And I would just encourage anyone who's either about to go on parental leave, mum or dad, or about to go back to work, to try and find that path that what is right for you, because it's not going to look the same as the next person. And I remember Em was actually... I laugh about it now, but at the time it was pretty confronting. I would have some of my good friends. Uh, one, one of my good friends said to me at the time when I went back and Sunny was pretty little and they were like, oh, Shell, you must just feel guilty all the time because you're not with Sunny." And I remember just being like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't, I didn't feel guilty, but now I feel guilty because you're telling me that I, sh I feel guilty that I don't feel guilty. Mm. And it was this weird dynamic of people put their assumptions, their own perspective, and they kind of transfer that onto you. And that can feel like a weight and quite a lot of expectation that you're having to navigate. And so I would just say to anyone who's in this, in this spot throw that expectation off, do what's right for you. And that's going to look different based on your unique circumstance, your financial situation, your passion, what you're committed to as a person. And so you can do the career journey and be a great parent and do all that well. It's just not going to look the same as someone else. And dare I say, you can change your mind. Did totally. that be fair? Totally. And, tr and test and learn. Mm. That's such a big part of it. Of We had a great uh, family daycare support that really helped me. And that was part of why I was able to have Sunny in that uh, arrangement when she was quite little, because I felt really confident she was in this beautiful environment. But again, that's what was right for me and where I was at and for my husband as well. So when through this experience, and it's an it's now ongoing. That's not something that's sort of happened and you've put it in a box and, and that's it. You're, you're a mum now. <laughs> so what is or has been the most challenging for you in all of this? 
Oh, there's been so many challenges and, um, and so many beautiful wins. Like, I think the biggest challenge though would be coming to terms with the fact that I can't do it all. I, I actually think we've been sold this lie that you can do it all. And I just don't think that's helpful for people. And certainly it was really quite damaging for me in that early stage of returning to work. So I was doing my master's when I returned to work at the same time as trying to navigate what does it look like to be a mum not sleeping? Like I remember there was that time between four months and, and 13 months where Sam and I, we probably, my husband Sam, we probably didn't get, you know, more than four hours sleep for a really good long chunk of time. And doing, I was just of this view, oh no, I can do it. I can do every, I can do it all. And I got to the end of finishing my study and Sunny would have been 12 months old at that time. And it was like I'd just fallen over the finish line and I was like, oh, I can't do everything. I can't, I can't do all those things really well and so I need to work out what is important to me to do well and just focus on those things. And is there an opportunity in a situation like this that is one of the most life-changing situations to redefine for yourself, uniquely you, what all means? And what doing it all really well means, because maybe all used to look like something and maybe your all now looks different. Totally. Oh, I, that's such a good point, Em. Redefining it, I think, is really important. And especially in that period where you've got that, uh, and we say time off work, it's like, <laughs> okay. T- l- aside, Speaking of lies. <laughs> someone's called it to me once, oh, you're on recreational leave. Excuse me? <laughs> I've never worked so hard in my life. Like, I hope they weren't in arm's reach. <laughs> oh, I was, anyway, but I think redefining it is such a good way to put it. And because you look on, it only takes one look on Instagram. And I, I would do this so much when I was on uh, parental leave. Is that because you had all that spare time? Yeah. <laughs> All this spare time. I was like zombie land for 13 months of my life. But I I would look on Instagram and I'd see these mums and they were doing, and this is no um, criticism if this is, uh, so hear me, this is just my story and how I felt looking at this. But I'd be looking on Instagram, I'd see these beautiful mums who would exercise every day. They'd be doing their amazing diets for their kids. And that same week I had been up, I've covered, I've got no clean clothes for me, for Sunny. I have done chicken nuggets three nights that week because I haven't been able to do the groceries and I haven't exercised in six months. And, you know, it ended up stretching to 12 months and then 18 months. And and so it continues. (laughs) And how long has it been now? Yeah, it's been been almost three years. (laughs) But I think... I just learned that, you know what, I can't do that comparison because it's going to make me so depressed about life. Like, And also not the comparison to your life pre-baby either. Totally. And that's such a mind shift because I, I would look back and think, oh, I used to be able to do all that stuff. Why can't I do it now? And I'm like, I'm in a totally different situation and circumstance now. That's okay. And I have such beautiful, amazing family support around me, but not everyone has that. And so, again, those kinds of things change and shift what you're able to do. So it is looking around and going, what's my unique context? And then in that context, what's right? What's right for my family? What's right in my work setting? And what's right for my career? 
I've heard before that uh, there are people, new mums and dads, who can feel a sense of disconnect from their workplace during that time on recreational leave. Uh, We shouldn't call it that, but I I have heard (laughs) that word disconnect before. Can you just help us understand maybe what your experience was like in that respect and that engagement with your workplace while you were looking after Sunny? Yes, it's so easy to feel disconnected, Em. So I'm not surprised that, that that's kind of a sentiment from lots of people. I think it's hard because you're in this crazy world where you're waking up like a bazillion times a night, you feel like you're in a totally different headspace and environment to when you were at work. And also lots can happen in six to 12 months in a workplace and it can leave you feeling a bit left out. But the good news is there's quite a lot that you can do to feel connected. And and sometimes people don't know there's these options. But before you go and leave, there's a few things I would encourage anyone to do. The first is to make sure you talk with your employer about this thing called keeping in touch days. Okay. So this sounds like you've got a little bit of your HR manager hat on at the moment. Would that be fair? Yes, I do. So every um, employee is able to access provided their work are willing to agree, in their parental leave time, they can have access to 10 keeping in touch days. And that's just a way of actually, it's amazing to me that in the Fair Work Act, they recognise this thing of disconnect. And so we, organisations should and want to connect with people while they're on parental leave to keep that engagement. And so the Act actually allows for you to do that through these 10 keeping in touch days and they're paid days where you can come in to work. So say there's like a quarterly team meeting that you might do. Before you go and leave, talk to your employer or your manager about that and say, can I, can we please budget for this Mm. for me to come in and to do that four hour, you know, team building day or whatever it is. And that way you're actually staggering that out over the period of 12 months, if you take 12 months or however long you take off. And that way you you are making sure that you're still connected. Makes good sense. People also need to know they can go in and take their bub into work. Mums, dads, bring that's a good way to connect and let people know where you're at on your journey. But it also makes your team feel part of it with you. And so I love at my workplace, that's such a normal thing. There's always babies around the office because there's lots of beautiful mums and dads who are in that early kind of stage with having babies. And I think that is a great way to connect the two worlds. I don't think that work and family should be as disconnected as sometimes they feel. And so making, bridging that gap, being intentional, making sure that you're occasionally going in and engaging with your team is a great way to stay connected during that time off. I'm really passionate in general, so parent or not, about this idea of we're all humans and we all have lives. We don't just turn up as a robot to work and have to play a role we, that is, you know, this career role or this work role yeah. in a robotic way. Let's actually acknowledge, and I really encourage this, if you can't do that meeting at that time, because you've got to pick your kids up, just say that's why. Don't pretend that it's some other reason. Uh, So I think that really resonates even with me as somebody without kids uh, around this idea of let's just be humans who have lives, have passions, have stuff going on. And with, you know, in a way that's really appropriate and respectful of the workplace and the people around us, let's connect those two. And I think 
not trying to separate them and have this really clear distinction between the two because I think that is what sets us up to have expectation gaps and and challenges. I think work-life balance to me, I just cringe so much when I hear people talk about work-life balance because I feel like that sets an unrealistic expectation on people. And, and for, for me, I've tried to shift the approach to go, what's the right blend? What is the work-life blend? What is the flow between work and life? I guess that has been a different approach rather than feeling like these two distinct separate things are competing against each other for say my time or my resources. Actually, I want to blend the two and I want to do both of them well. And that's, it sounds easy, but it's so hard. (laughs) Yeah, you are making it sound easy, as I said earlier, but I think along the way, you're also being very real and we're understanding that this is a sense of clarity and ease that comes with hindsight, as opposed to you breezed through it. And I think, Em, going back to that question of like feeling disconnected while you're on leave, my encouragement is to just be really intentional upfront. So before you go off on parental leave, chat with your boss, make sure you're communicating, hey, this is what I'd love to do. Maybe once every two months, we connect because that is going to make the transition back so much easier. And that's going to make you feel like, okay, I've still got a pl- I've, my place here is still just as important as my place in my home and family. And I can do both. And I like that because that starts to talk to some planning. It starts to talk to some proactivity. It starts to talk to conversations, career self-reliance, these themes that no matter which situation we're talking about, we seem to always come back to. So I imagine even if you make those plans when you are at work prior to going on your parental leave, it's also about then being the person that makes that happen and has that follow through, not relying on your boss to invite you. So you actually reach out to them and say, hey, remember we agreed this, we're due next week, or we're due next month, are we still cool? And that's such a good point that time uh, when you're off on leave can go pretty slowly, but for your work team, six to 12 months flies. And so they also are sometimes super sensitive. They, they don't want to disrupt you while you're on leave. Because they, they, most employers want, to pre- want you to feel like that time's protected, but actually that can be detrimental to a person on leave. So if you're able to take that first step and put the conversation out there, that is, I think, very helpful for your boss and your employer to see that, okay, cool, we can engage with them while they're on leave. It's all good. I get that. I feel that sensitivity myself when I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to overstep a boundary. That's their personal time. Their priority is their new family. I'll I'll just text them because I don't want to call. That might be intruding. What if I wake the baby? All these questions. And I think what's really nice is if you are proactive, you're more likely to have it happen, but also you're saying, hey, here are my boundaries and it's okay. Please come in and talk to me. (laughs) That's it. Totally. Okay. So on this idea of when to go back and perhaps managing that transition. So you've told us from your story when was the right time for you, but how do other people work that out and what do they do to manage that with their workplace? I think the answer is when you're ready. Okay. So there's no right time obviously to go back. For me, it was five months, but for others, it might be two years. It might be five years. So it's completely personal Someone gave me some really good advice when I was on leave and they asked me, if money wasn't an issue, what would I do? Mm. When would I return? 
And that was actually what made me feel really empowered to go back when I did, because I was like, actually, I feel more, my mental health is better when I'm working and being a mum, doing both of those things together. And so that was what was right for me, but that's not for everyone. And so what is right and when are you ready? Because that looks different again for every person. So finding out your ideal scenario, if money wasn't an issue, what would I do? And then you can work backwards from there and you apply obviously those lenses of, okay, well, what can I do in this next 12, 18, two years to work that through? And once you have made that decision, how do you manage that with your workplace? What does that look like in your mind? Yeah, so there's a few things to know in terms of how to communicate with your work when you're ready to return. So there actually is a requirement to give a minimum of four weeks notice. So say you had indicated you would go on leave for 12 months, but at seven months you started to feel like you're ready to come back. You need to communicate your desire to return in writing and let your employer know with a minimum. And I just want to say it's a minimum of four weeks notice. If it was me, my preference would be like more than that because there's often contracts and temporary employment Mm. arrangements. So if you can do more than that, please do because that is a, I think, a good reasonable approach to take. But yes, four weeks notice in order to return earlier than you maybe indicated. Or if you want to extend the time, again, it's that four weeks notice required. Okay, yeah, good point. So being respectful perhaps of... uh both the law, but also the humans that might be looking after your role while you're not there or maybe impacted by you sort of changing your plans and rightly so, but there will be a human impact there. Can you change your own mind? So if you do put, is it that same rule around the four weeks to change your mind? Yeah. And lots of people change their mind. Okay. So if you're doing this journey for the first time. No, I think most people change their mind. Right. I know I, did. I didn't know that. Okay. I think you, you're going through, if this is your first baby now, uh, if you've had, if you're on your second, third, you'll know how this journey. But if, if this is your first bub, you will likely change your mind. It's really hard to know what to expect when you're going into it. And so you might say, well, I think I'll be ready at six months, but then you're find out your baby might be a terrible sleeper and you're like, there's not a chance while they're waking up five times a night, there's not a chance I can go back to work at this time. And so that's fine. You can extend it out. You might only extend it for two months, but again, it's coming back to give four weeks notice at a minimum. If you can do more, do more. But obviously the job is yours. You're entitled to that job. So keep that obviously in mind. But I always think over communicate if you can but we all know babies uh, are not things we can control. So, yeah, there's, there, it's just that thing. You can change your mind, but just communicate. And those keeping in touch days, therefore, it's as, perhaps as much about or some sort of other mechanism that's similar in and around communication. It's as much about you staying connected to the business and the changing needs and operations of the business as it is your manager or the most appropriate person feeling like they've got a sense for you and your changing needs over that period too and what's going on in your world. Definitely, because you've had this huge life-altering experience and so staying connected and, and with your boss, your manager, is a great way to just keep that dialogue going 
and then just vibing off one another. Where are we at? How's things going? What's the trajectory with returning to work? What if you get to the end of the 12 months parental leave that you had planned and you're not ready to return? What do the options look like for us in that situation? Yeah, so you can request to extend your parental leave by another 12 months. And again, that's kind of captured in the Fair Work Act. So you have a a right to be able to do that, but your employer does not have to approve it. So you can request. And so I'd encourage if you want to take an extra 12 months off and you want to extend it, put your request in writing to your employer, again, with four weeks notice. And then your employer has to genuinely consider that. And if they refuse, they have to have reasonable business grounds to refuse. And likewise, um, I guess it's about how can they continue the current arrangement, say if there's a temporary person or if they'd outsourced part of the function, but they obviously have to consider those things. So does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. And I'm just thinking while you've brought up the Fair Work Act, Maybe we should just sort of pause here for a second on a couple of those other more entitlement-based or or sort of um, statutory components of parental leave. So, again, probably asking you to put your HR manager hat on, What? who is eligible for parental leave? Yeah, so current employees are eligible to take parental leave if they've worked for their employer for at least 12 months. Now, certain businesses will have... That's the that's the the minimum uh, according to Fair Work. But some organisations, like I was reading uh, the other day, there's some amazing businesses now that are just saying you can have parental leave from whenever you start. There's no minimum service required. Wow. And so, to me, that's really encouraging because it's showing that talent, good talent, is good talent. So we shouldn't have to require people to say do. 12 months. We just want the best people in the job, and we'll support them if they have a baby if they get pregnant as soon as they start. So yeah. I think that's a great indicator to me. Yeah, so that's therefore that, that business taking or those businesses taking what is sort of the baseline minimum legislatively and then they're ramping that up to best practice. That's it. I, and I, I think that's really exciting and that may indicate where things will move over time. But at the moment, you uh, legislatively, you need to have worked for your employer for at least 12 months to be then eligible to have your role held open for you to have parental leave and come back. Okay. And what if you're a casual employee? Yeah, so this is where it gets a little bit more grey, M. So you are eligible for unpaid parental leave as a casual if you have been working with your employer on a regular and systematic basis for at least 12 months. So there's some definitions around what regular and systematic looks like yep. and I'm not going to go into that but you can you can google it um, but I guess it's that you need to have these two things in place so regular and systematic work for at least 12 months and the second one is that you there needs to be a reasonable expectation of continuing work with your employer and so those are the two key things for a casual that need to be in place. Okay good makes sense. We've touched on the fact that that financial piece is often a decision making factor in returning to work and I guess how long uh, you have as far as parental leave goes. Can you talk to us a little bit about how pay works from a parental leave point of view? Yes, so there's government pay and then there's employer paid parental leave and those two are different things. So let's start with government pay. So employees can receive government paid parental leave through Centrelink 
and they have to meet a couple of tests to do that, like minimum working hours in the lead up. I'm not going to go into all that detail, but definitely jump on Centrelink to check it out. Basically, you get from Centrelink 18 weeks of paid parental leave, which is based off the national minimum wage. So that's kind of how that works. And that gets paid through generally through your employer. Okay. But again, separate to employer pay, what does that look like? Yes. Yeah. And this can get confusing. So not all employers will pay parental leave. So some, some obviously do, and that's in addition. So you would get that in addition to the government pay. So employers that pay parental leave, they will give a number of weeks and it generally depends on the business. They might have an enterprise agreement that kind of stipulates what they will do. So for obviously for teachers and uh, different government-based organisations, it might be 18 to 26 weeks. And then you can arrange to do that in a lot of workplaces at half pay. Okay. So half pay over a longer period of time. Yeah. So yep. then you've got regular income coming through. So you'll get the 18 weeks from the government plus uh, what your work may pay which will look different based on the organisation. And then you can choose to slice and dice that whatever way. That means that you're getting regular income for the period that you're off work. So that employer pay, essentially, that's that's an above and beyond that the employer is offering as a benefit, an employee benefit to you. Yeah, that's it. And it's such a good benefit to have. Thank you for sharing all of that expertise, Shell. Uh, Trial by (laughs) by error. Is that what it's called? Test and learn. Let's call it all comes under the umbrella of test and learn and certainly still figuring it all out. One of the uh, this or that questions that comes up time and time again is this idea of career progression versus parental leave. We talked earlier about having it all and perhaps redefining having it all. But what would you say to someone from your experience who's tossing up can I do the career thing and the parent thing? Is it possible? Yeah, is it possible? Oh, it's such a big question. I think it totally is. And the way that the workforce and organisations are moving is to ensure that they get the right talent and allow for those individuals to flourish, to get the career progression they're looking for. And so in my perspective, yes, it is. I do think that there's still some ingrained patterns of behaviour in some organisations that need to shift to allow parents to return to work and pursue their career while still fulfilling their role as a mum or a dad. And so I'd love to see us move further along, like some of those organisations that don't have the minimum service required, I think are leading the way in that. And they're recognising that they don't want any barrier to good talent getting where they want to go. I think for me personally, it was about shifting some of my expectations around, okay, well, what do I want in this, this time frame? What are my values? And then how do I work those things through? And so that can um, look different for every person. I know I've said this a lot, but it is a very personal stage of life. One thing, M, that I would love for us to see is empl- employers doing more to support parents returning to work so that they don't feel like they're having to make that choice. I don't think you should have to choose between the two, but I recognise that actually happens and it happens for a lot of people. And so my hope would be over time, 
organisations get better at allowing people to navigate both worlds. And coming back to that thing of work-life work blend, that we blend those things so you're not having to go this or that. That it's, I can do both things. I might do them differently to what I did before I had a baby, but I can have a career whilst being a mum or a dad or whatever that looks like. Well, you're really good proof of that sentiment. So final words of advice from you, Shell, for somebody who is about to embark on this adventure. I think my final advice would be to find a community where you can share really openly and honestly about your experience. For me, I didn't probably find that community till I was, I don't know, Sunny would have probably been about two, where I could openly share about some of the struggles that I had as a mum, full-time work, trying to, you know, what I said before, do it all. And once I found those people, that really helped me to go, you know what, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this like crazy challenge of being a mum, being a, um, wanting to have a career. And so find your community, find people who are in a similar spot to you and do that journey with them. Love it. Fairy tale or horror story? Shelley, I've got one for us this week. Nice. What is it? It's a fairy tale. Woohoo. I have a friend, so we go to the gym together. We see each other every day of the week, at least once a day. You're a very committed gym person. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> we, we love it. Uh, what that means, though, is that we end up getting pretty close uh, just because anyone I think that you see that often in life, you start to share different things. And a few weeks ago, uh, so my friend's name's Elise, we were chatting and she was feeling quite nervous about a conversation that she felt like she needed to have at work. And it was to do with her future. And essentially her workplace had a plan for her and she wasn't sold. She'd made the commitment to them a few months ago before Christmas that she would go down that path. And that path was going to be studying. So there was a real commitment on her resources, time, and and it was going to have that impact on her world. And she was becoming closer and closer to the day that uni started and increasingly becoming more and more stressed because she wasn't sure that that was something that she actually wanted to do. And so were they funding the course? In part. Yeah, right. And... So where she'd gotten herself to was the clock was ticking. It was this case of I've committed to something. I don't want to let my employer down. I'm really scared that if I actually let them know that I'm not sure I want to do this right now, that they are going to fire me, basically. Wow. So in her mind, that has, was where she'd, she'd gotten to. And so a series of pep talks that we went on together. We scripted some things out and... I love that you scripted it out. Yeah, yeah. In between, it was sort of in those 20 second in intervals that you're trying to breathe. Bench pressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we set her up. So tomorrow's Thursday. You're going to go and have this conversation. Good. Checked in with her that afternoon. Had she had the conversation? No. Oh, okay. So the, unfortunately, just those nerves had, and that fear had gotten the better of her. So another pep talk. You do do a good pep talk. <laughs> I, um, well, this seemed to work out well, so maybe I do. I actually, it, we were on text message at this point and I said, you need to set up a meeting, casual, keep it casual, but just say, hey, boss, could I please spend some time talking to you about this? Get it done on Friday. You're not going into the weekend with this one. She actually messaged him 
right at that time on the Thursday evening in between her messages to me and she said, oh, I am, I've locked it in. It's nine o'clock tomorrow. Yes, so good. Not long after nine o'clock on the Friday morning, I got a message from her and it was full of relief. They yeah. were totally fine. They appreciated the honesty. It was not the end of the world, not the end of her employment. And look, she was, she was stoked just with that sense of relief. It wasn't completely off the table. She, could, she left the door open. She could pick that study back up at, at that offer at a time in the future. But for now, they learned something about what she actually wanted out of her career and where they could get the best out of her. She felt so much more settled in what she was doing and, and committed to that. And so she went into the weekend feeling awesome. And I love that, Em, in terms of some, I think we so often make assumptions about what our employer's response is going to be in that conversation. So she's gone to like, worst case scenario, I'm going to get fired when really they're like, oh yeah, no worries. Thanks for letting us know. But the story gets better. <laughs> oh, okay. I then uh, saw her again on the Monday evening and she'd been caught. Actually, I should have made this more suspenseful. But anyway. Uh, Can we cue suspenseful? <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend. Uh, so basically she said to me, oh, my boss called me in for a meeting today and I'm thinking, oh goodness, I've given you terrible <laughs> advice. What's happened? They've changed their mind. They actually offered to increase her pay. Wow. So they, look, let's not try and understand it. I've got a few ideas, but basically they'd spoken to her on the Monday and said, the work that you're doing is phenomenal and here's how we'd like to acknowledge that. Right. So maybe they were offering her the degree stuff, the uni stuff to go, we want to reward you. Mm. We want to keep you. And because she put that off the table, then or at his pay rise. That's what I thought. And unless she had had an honest conversation with them, they would have thought this is what she wanted. This is what Elise wants and this is what's going to keep her really happy and she's doing such a great job and so we want her to stay. But look, conversations. Conversations, they're game changers. They really are. And pep talks with Em. I think we should have a segment of just <laughs> Em's pep talks because then we can go and get pay rises and not have to do unnecessary study. Or feel anxious. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I so, love it. So good. Yeah. Well, go Elise. What a legend. Totally. Well, thanks Em for that career fairy tale story. Love it. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love a great review. So... Click that five stars, baby. (laughs) We will see you here next time. Thanks heaps, Em. Thank you, Shelley. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.